Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our man Nick Friedel joins us in studio, but we have to officially let everyone know, since they bought the guest line, or rented it for the week or two anyways, that the Bud Light guest line means that uh, Nick Friedel has drank a Bud Light or two in his days. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy, as is a visit in studio from our old friend Nick Friedel, king of ESPN East Coast Media now. Uh, it's good to have you here, Nick. And you were just telling us, you miss the Bay. Fit you well. You miss it here. I miss the sunshine. I miss walking around, going to Warriors practice. Oh, hey, what's up, Steph Curry? How's it going, Steve Kerr? Guys, I cannot stress to the Bay Area enough. The accessibility around that Warriors team is unlike anything else in the league. And isn't it odd, too, because normally the more success a franchise has, the less access anyone gets, and it's almost the opposite. It completely is. And I give a, a huge amount of credit to uh, my old friend Raymond Ritter. He's been there forever. He sets the tone, and they are, they are trying to sell a product. And the Warriors go about their business unlike any other team in the league. Because if you want to talk to somebody for what we do, for a story, uh, for uh, a, a conversation down the line, for the most part, having lived it for three and a half years and then being back down there today, they're accessible. NBA teams, on the whole, are not accessible. And no matter what you think of what's going on on the floor right now, and I know they've been struggling, I think that all fans should appreciate that you get to know who these people are in a lot of different levels, the likes of which doesn't happen across the league. Well, since you brought it up, what's the perception of this Warrior team nationally? They feel kind of broken, Ray. And it's weird to think that given they just won the title, everything was so good. But the three of us have talked about this for a few months now. I watched that game the other night when the Nets came back and won. You talked to enough people around the building the last few days. When that Draymond punch hit, it it just it messed up the the rhythm of a team that has been so unified in these last couple years and especially last season. And there are a lot of reasons why the bench isn't the same. They miss the veterans, Otto Porter, Gary Payton the second, on and on. But that punch. It, it just it still lingers it, it absolutely lingers and having covered the group hell back into uh, the second half of last season almost 
I know firsthand how respected and loved Draymond was. And it's not that he's suddenly not respected. It's just that things are different. Things are different. And they don't just change overnight after something like that. Well, I, I really think that when we start to get the truth out of the franchise five years from now, mm -hmm. people will come back to that as the moment where the it was the beginning of the end. And I'm not saying it's over. But it's the beginning of the end. You know, somebody here on our uh, text line on the YouTube page is saying, you know, Damon, you, you, you used to accuse the West Coast media of being so soft. You give Steve Kerr a soft interview. Uh, what am I supposed to accuse Steve of? What would be the hard question that I haven't asked Steve Kerr that would even like where where are we deficient in his criticism? Because to me. This is bigger than any lever he can pull as a coach. You got a team that maybe doesn't trust each other like it used to, that isn't built as well as it used to be, and that's a GM conversation more than a head coach conversation. And, you know, we know what the problem is. It's not getting enough rebounds and playing enough defense. Where's Steve supposed to come down on that other than I've asked my team to do that and they just aren't doing it? And I've asked the front office to change up the pieces maybe, and we'll see what happens at the trade deadline, but... I think it all ties into uh, if if fans are saying that to you, Damon, and if fans are upset about what's going on, as is their right, just remember last season. Right. That is the bonus title. That title was never, never supposed to happen a year ago. It is a credit to all the guys in that room, the coaching staff, ownership, all of that, and especially Steph Curry. But that title, when people get really pissed off about this season, they should go back and say, hey, they won last year. They were never supposed to get that fourth ring in that moment. And everything came together, and Steph carried them through at the end in Boston, and it was awesome. And and now there, it sure seems like there's a hangover from last year still now. But if fans are upset, and I know it's been frustrating to watch, I was, I was shocked just sitting up there the other night watching them just fold against a Kevin Durantless Nets team down the stretch in the fourth quarter. But again, this is where I get reminded. They've lost all their games to the Magic. They've lost all their games to the Pistons. This is what happens with a mediocre team, but you're just not used to seeing it with supreme talents, especially like Steph Curry. Is there anything then to draw from the fact that at the beginning of the year, the Nets were a hot mess among a history of hot messes and now it seems like they've fixed almost all of their internal problems a how did that happen and b is there a lesson to be applied here from that situation let's take the second part first right in that yeah if you have steph on your team i think it's still possible to fix things because he is that gifted and he's that respected in the room Everybody loves Steph. He delivers on the floor. I think he's capable of unifying what sure seems to be still a, a fractured group. Draymond, when he wants to play, is still one of the very best defenders that we've seen. Clay, as we all figured, is coming out of uh, the second year looking a little bit better night to night than what we saw in that first year when he was coming back and, and fighting through all the rust. So I do think there's still hope. If you're using the Nets, though, as that mirror and that possibility of, all right, well, it worked in Brooklyn, so why can't it work here? The thing I would tell you, Ray, is why did it, why did it get fixed? It was that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving looked in the mirror and said, hey, we got to be better. 
We have got to just stop all the excuses that are going on off the floor, and we've got to play up to the level we're capable of on it. And they have. Prior to that injury, guys, a couple weeks ago when Kevin got hurt in Miami, to me, he was the MVP. Or he was at the very, very top of the conversation with Jokic. Now that he's hurt, Kyrie looks like a guy who's playing for that next contract. He's been awesome since he came back from the suspension. He's not saying or doing things that take the focus off the team, as was the case earlier in the season. But, Ray, the answer is they focused on each other, and they focused on themselves. And when you have players that are that gifted playing the game, things are still possible to turn around, and that's why any team with Steph Curry always has a chance to get things back on track. Our pal Nick Ferdell in studio with us here on 95.7 The Game. Are the Warriors arrogant, thinking that they've got the team that will eventually find the switch on the wall, the flip the switch, and now, oh my God, here we go. I don't think they got that necessarily. I, I don't think they are capable of flipping the switch. So that means, you know, with a trade deadline coming, what is a move that you see? Because I'm guessing you are very much in the stick and stay with what you got. You're probably not going very far this year. 100%. Uh, I think that if you're the Warriors and you have Steph in this moment in time in his career, Damon, you probably do look harder at making a move. But I couldn't tell you right now if we looked at the, the group of names that are possible, who is going to come in and everything's going to change for them. Alex Caruso would be a great piece. He is not the difference between who they are and an NBA championship. 100%. It's perfectly said. He would fit very well here. I saw that video like everybody else of Kerr talking to him after the game. He fits the style of what they want and, frankly, what they need right now. He is not taking you from one point to another. I would flash back to... When the three of us were in here two, three years ago talking about Bradley Beal. And everybody went, all right, Bradley Beal is a hell of a player. Is Bradley Beal giving up what you would have to get to get him going to take you to a different point? If it's me, while you look hard at making a move, and maybe they do, I don't think there is a guy out there that changes the tenor of everything the way they would need it. But, Damon, the question is, uh, is really important given where the Warriors are in the season. Are they arrogant enough to think they can hit the switch? The answer is yes. Do I think they can pull it off? No. Because historically, any team that kind of fights through the malaise over the course of an 82-game season, when it's time to hit the switch, they're not ready to do it. The only time that I have seen a team that I thought could actually pull it off was the first year I was here in Oakland, the last Kevin Durant year, because that team was just tired of everything. They were tired of the spotlight and the pressure that came after winning those two titles, but they were so damn talented that they probably still could have, but we know what happened. Kevin was hurt. Achilles popped, ACL's torn. Bingo, and it, and it was over, just like that. So again, having said all that, everybody who is listening to us right now, enjoy the bonus title. <laughs> enjoy. Go pop on the DVD last year and walk through all those games where they made it happen. It's not to say it can happen because, Damon, uh, that part is absolutely still a part of this Warriors story. It's not that it's over, but you need to enjoy the moments when you got them, and that moment last year was really, really impressive. Uh, so they've had three months to figure this out, and they haven't yet. 
if it's a cultural issue, and Stephen Curry hasn't been able to fix this yet through the force of his will, is it reasonable to assume that it's not going to get fixed? And if it's just a physical issue, what's the thing that you can point to above all others that says this is why you're 24 and 24 and not 32 and 16. Culturally, Ray, if we were betting, I would bet that, yeah, that is it going to get, because the question is, is it going to get fixed to a point where you think they can win a title again this year? My answer right now would be no. As as great as Steph is and as wonderful of a leader as he is, it just seems like there are too many issues internally to overcome to think that they're going to put it all together in the second half, get on a run they need in the postseason and start rolling. Uh, physically, when you look at this team, it just seems like the pieces that they have in place don't fit the same way. And anybody who's watched them, and you guys watch it every single day, that's how it comes across to me. Everybody thought Moses Moody was going to be that solid turn into the solid veteran who could give you 15 Three and or 20 every time. And, and Damon, he was. <laughs> like, yeah. There were times last year in that postseason run, he was. He's just not right now. He, he's not getting consistent minutes. He doesn't look like the same player. Kaminga shows you flashes, and you think, okay, maybe. But he hasn't fit in that same role that they've needed him to. DiVincenzo certainly has played pretty well, but he's just not playing at the level that we saw with some of those guys last season. So, Ray, I, as far as the, the fit goes, this is all pointing towards make a move, sacrifice some of what's going on. Uh, I, I know Tim Kawakami wrote about this the other day, but I, if I'm the Warriors and I'm sitting there with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and I throw Andre and Kevon Looney into the conversation, guys, what do you want to do? And they say make a move. Nobody's getting any younger. So if you really want to go for it, sacrifice whatever's going to happen and see see where it goes from there. Well, and how much of a sacrifice would it really even be if you're trading a piece that wasn't giving you much in the first place? And exactly. that brings me to our favorite topic around here, James Wiseman. Oh, boy. Look, he still has promise. There's no doubt. You know, a, a young man, a young big, takes a while in the league, physically as gifted an NBA player as you can find in the NBA. He makes NBA bigs look little. That's how much of a specimen he is. But does he have value? He's got promise. But does he have a trade value? I don't believe so. N not, not that high of one. How could you? He's got knee issues. He's got looks like confidence issues dating back to the very beginning. Stone hands. I, 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 that, that's another problem. <laughs> but I remember... I remember being on those Zooms with with Steve Kerr back in that first year. Like, Steve, do you think it's an issue that he's walking to the bench and once he had a, a mistake or two, his shoulders are slumped. Dobber down. He's going, oh, no. And Steve would, would push. I mean, that was as hard as he would push back about it. pretty much anything that year. No, 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 no. You know, things things are, are going to be fine. James is going through it. His younger player, he just hadn't improved that much. So, Damon... If you're if you're another team and you're seeing all these flaws that have already popped up, it's not that he has no value because I've seen weirder things happen with trades in this league. But how could you feel good about getting back whatever it was if you were to go in that direction and make some move somewhere? Let me ask the unthinkable then. If you need to make the splashy midseason trade to 
take care of the the physical shortcomings this team has. Is it beyond the realm of possibility that they would consider trading Jordan Poole to get a package? I don't think I would do it. Is it beyond the realm? Uh, at this point, with the structure that's in place with this core, I would bring everybody in the room and say, what do you think? Can they even trade him in the first year of his signed extension? Uh, we, we need Bobby Marks to answer that Sir, one. Yeah, I sure. don't even know if they can. But, you know it's also hamstrung them, too? They have no second-round picks to give up. They don't have a first or second next year. There is there There just aren't a lot of valuable assets, which is crazy because, again, we were sitting here a year ago going, oh, man, uh, Kaminga, oh, man, what, what would a team give up for Kaminga or Moody or, well, Wiseman is coming along. Let's see what he looks like when he does return. But, Ray, Poole feels like that guy, once they gave him that deal, who is going to be the next cornerstone for the group. If they continue to struggle, they've got to ask what else is out there but this Warriors team continues to be one of the most fascinating to me because to think that that the core will be in place and Steph is going to be here until the you know the last day career warrior exactly the whole way but but to think that you know Draymond's future is secure I mean nobody could predict that nobody knows what's going to happen there it sounds like he believes this is probably his last go-around with the team. He's feeling, when you listen to what he's saying, and you're trying to read between the lines, he's feeling and sounding like a guy, Damon, who knows "Eh, this this could end sooner than I thought it would. I gotta ask you, because we could just sit around and talk about what's working, what's not working with the Warriors, but you do have a courtside seat to a, a team that is frustrating and fascinating all at the same time. Let's just start with, because I think we got a pretty good handle on who Kevin Durant is. He is this mercurial, basketball-only interesting topic in his life. Never going to be really happy with anything he's accomplishing or hasn't. He's just never going to be happy. He's got never going to be happy written all over him. But maybe he'll spend enough time on a basketball court that day to where most of his day was on a basketball court. Therefore, he's as happy as he's going to get. Is there anything normal about Kyrie Irving. Now that the toxicity around him has died down, he isn't trying to light the world on fire with every point he makes about the the, the, the shape of the globe or religion. He's not just stepping from one hot button topic to another. What is he like? Is there anything about him that is normal, could grab a beer and have a conversation that didn't make you think this guy is just, you know, my, my grandmother had a great saying, if you're poor, you're crazy. But if you're rich, you're eccentric. <laughs> is he just eccentric and that's all there is to it? He is the most unique character in the sports realm that I've come across in my career. In that every day with Kyrie is a new day. Do I think that we could sit down and he would sit and have a beer and talk? Absolutely. Damon, absolutely. Like and he said, the weird thing is, he's pretty smart, interesting. Seems like he's got a sense of humor. He doesn't use any for he doesn't use any of that to foster goodwill with anyone. And and I'd say the biggest part of that, having been around him now a year, and we had that back and forth that that people saw a few months ago, uh, that was still so strange. But Kyrie doesn't want to feel. Like anybody is forcing him to do anything at all. 
if, even answering this question. Exactly. It, it, it doesn't even matter. He he does not want to feel pushed into doing anything uh, that that he uh, doesn't doesn't see a need to do. In that regard, what what I would say is he's one of the most talented basketball players I've ever seen offensively as a guard in my entire life. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's he's an incredible talent. The biggest misconception that I've seen in this year covering this team and covering him, his teammates love him. They love him. James Harden did not. And James Harden was sick of the fact that he didn't get the vaccination shot and, and all the hoopla that surrounded that. These guys on this team, the younger guys especially, love Kyrie Irving. So anybody who says, oh, man, Kyrie's screwing everything up, and, and how could these guys trust him? I am telling you I am in there every single day. Not only is Kyrie beloved internally by his teammates, I think the front office, ownership, I think everybody is kind of like, what the hell is going to happen today? Around the league, on the whole, Kyrie Irving is one of the most respected and, and appreciated players by other players in the game. So there are a lot of layers to his story, but anybody who thinks that, oh, Kyrie, he's just saying stuff and he's doing stuff that's wrecking everything going on with that group, I am telling you that that team really does love Kyrie, which is crazy to think about given all the things that have happened around them for the last few seasons. How did, how did Jock Vaughn make all this happen, or did he make it happen? Was this more a function of Durant and Irving finally staring into the abyss and seeing their reflections and going, we have to be less us? Or did Jacques Vaughn figure out the way to talk to both of them so that the focus was basketball rather than the, the shape of the planet or the evils of media or Medicine. any of the other things that they like to jump up and down about Ray the the biggest key is the first part in Kyrie and KD looking at themselves and each other saying hey we, we can do better that is where the story of the Nets turnaround starts Jacques Vaughn deserves credit I think Nash's voice had worn thin he just wasn't getting through the same way I'd also tell you that I think he was so completely uh, exhausted dealing with all the other stuff that was going on that wasn't basketball, that this was one of those rare times where you saw, all right, well, this is a, a mutual parting of the ways. I think I think Steve Nash is sitting there going, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm away. <laughs> I can't be away from everything that's happening. But as far as Vaughn goes, he is coaching them day to day, it seems, a little more intensely in his messaging than Nash did. He has cut practices. They rarely practice. They hardly ever shoot around. He wants them to focus on that day. In other words, you come to the gym, you play 30 or 35 minutes, give me the best 30 or 35 minutes you got, and that's all we'll worry about for another couple days until the next one. In the messaging, I think, is the difference in how he comes across, especially to his two stars, compared to how Nash did. We've got Peter King coming up at 5 o'clock, and we're going to get right back into the fact that the 49ers are in the NFC title game, by the way, Nick. I don't know if you noticed that or not. So we've got Peter King at 5 o'clock, but uh, could you stick around for one more just a little small segment? Because I want you to handicap what 
the Grizzlies, the Nuggets, how you think the West is going to shake out. And I also got a Ben Simmons question for you. So don't you go anywhere. <laughs> Our good friend Nick Friedel for just a few more minutes before we get to Peter King at 5 o'clock. Here on 95.7 The Game, we are brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. I mean, we wouldn't just play the theme song if he wasn't actually here. Nick Ferdell with us for a little bit more. Peter King live at 5 today. The Road to Glendale brought to you by Marowest Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, and together. Peter King live at 5 on the Bud Light guest line. In the meantime, in the Bud Light guest chair, I've come up with a new sponsorship just for you nick since you're in studio uh for a few more minutes with us i want you to give us a quick thumbnail sketch of the west as you see it right now because it looks like denver's got talent to run away and hide memphis who is here tomorrow's got that level of talent and hunger we'll see what the pelicans look like when they get healthy again after that it feels like a you know a four or five seeds are officially up for grabs maybe the lakers even have something to say about that which is sort of insane but that's where we are now because the entire nba voted on yeah mediocrity till about the all-star break and then we're going to start trying here so what do you think of this conference if i'm a warriors fan 
going back to the first part of our conversation, Damon, there's nobody in that group that scares the hell out of me. Nobody. I think Denver, with a healthy Jokic and Murray, they are really, really good. I would not want to play in the elevation in a playoff series against them. Memphis is really good, but they're still young, and they haven't proven anything yet on a really big stage. Dallas. Dallas, yeah. it's like Luka and friends. Right. Uh, other than that, that if you're, but if you're a Warriors fan, that's why you, you have hope. It's not just, hey, well, we have Steph, and, and we have the championship DNA, and, and we know what to do. None of those teams, as you look at the standings, do you look at and go, oh, man, don't want to face them. Can't see them. So if I, if we're betting right now who would come through, I'd probably say Denver much later on. But that's another team. What have they really done that makes you think, oh, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll make it all the way. It's why there's still hope for the turnaround, even if it seems unlikely right now in the moment for Golden State. Does the fact that neither of you mentioned Sacramento mean that either you don't understand basketball or you both hate the Kings? Light the beam, Ray. Light the beam. I'll, I will light a beam later. No, hey, nobody likes Kings more than my man Slater. He's he's living down uh, at those Kings games now all the time. I think he's enjoying the fact that, uh, that the Kings are more relevant. But when I watch them, I, I respect the hell out of Mike Brown. He has done an unbelievable job changing. Give me a coach of the year candidate. Uh, if Mike Brown takes, I saw this today on Twitter. If he gets them, if he gets them in the postseason. Mike Brown's the guy. I mean, Jacques Vaughn's going to get some votes, especially if they keep going. Right. We'll see. That's KD, though. Mike, <laughs> Mike Brown's the coach of the year if he gets them into it. Uh, but, no, I don't believe in Sacramento, Ray, for anything more than a nice story because they don't play defense. Zion is the trump card in all this. What does he do when he's healthy? Can he stay healthy for the entirety of the postseason? We'll see. But, to me... It's Denver, Memphis, and Steph and company if and when they finally get things together in the second half. Let me ask you this, though, because you, you just said two things. Mike Brown will be the coach of the year, and Sacramento doesn't play any defense. Mike Brown was, their def was the defensive guru here. How is it, other than the obvious, they just run and shoot all the time, how is it that they are able to win while not playing defense for a guy who believes in defense. Welcome to the new era of the NBA. It's probably the best answer I could give you right now. Defense is not nearly nearly at a premium like it once was back in time. People just don't care. It takes more effort. It's a lot of fun to run up and down the floor and at Milwaukee scoring 150 points. <laughs> and And like, you look at these scores, I think as a fan, as a journalist and as a fan, I, I don't even like the way the game is going right now because when you're watching these games, and I see it night to night in Brooklyn, okay, you run up the, down the floor, you take a three. All right, we'll run down the floor and we'll take a three. And eh, whoever has the most points, maybe we'll play some defense at the end of the fourth quarter. It feels more and more night to night like a an all star game. Well, a 40 point performance, there needs to be like a currency exchange rate on that. Absolutely. Absolutely, there's a there's a curve that needs to go in there. But Ray, the the, the point on Mike is that's the NBA. The, the the Kings narrative is really good. Mike's always been a hell of a coach. In fact, you guys know. I'm sure you've talked about it a lot. Mike Brown leaving Golden State is a direct has a direct impact on why the the defense hasn't been 
the way it's needed to be this season for a team that's trying to defend its title. So why they're not playing defense right now, I don't know. But if you're betting uh, on Mike Brown being able to figure that out over time, that's a bet I'd, I'd take in a heartbeat because Mike knows what the hell he's doing and he's got those guys believing that they can win. It's just differently than the way we thought they could win going into the season. Miles Turner, OG Ananobi. I mean, I don't know who really wants to come off any athletic 3 and D wing guy right now. It feels like the Warriors could use another one of those and or a big, is there a trade? Is there a trade that not puts the Warriors back into the driver's seat, but at least makes them a more competent basketball team? Where is it? I don't, I'm sure there is one. I like the Caruso thing, especially because the Bulls are just right. not very good. But what are you giving up? I mean, this is, this is why Bob Myers is who he is and has made the imprint on the organization that he has. This is why the front office has earned so much respect across the league. You think there's a deal out there? You want to give up one of those young pieces? Go for it. What I would tell you is, Damon, what you've been saying all along, which is, hey, we go through the names. There's some good names. Am I willing to part with some of my young core and future for one of those names, knowing that this team just doesn't have the same feel that last year's team does? Ah. I'm not, but let's see what Steph Curry says when when push comes to shove. Um, in the East, if you're healthy, you're probably the second best team. If you're not healthy, is it Boston and a runaway? Are they that much better than everybody else, or are you are you starting to see something in Philly that makes you think they could make it a two or three horse race? I think it's Boston. And then it's Milwaukee. But I don't think the gap is that wide, Ray. That, that's the series, if everybody's healthy, that I see. Philly, I'll never buy because I don't believe in Harden as that top-tier 1A guy anymore. I saw it all or most of last season in Brooklyn. He's just not the same player. There are moments where he looks like his old self. There are other moments where he looks completely checked out, and he's going to get you 10 points a game. Embiid is that good. He can absolutely win you a series or two, but in the end, it's Boston, Milwaukee, and everyone else if they're healthy. Ben Simmons, anything normal about him? Ben Simmons believes still that he is the player that we saw for so long in Philly, Damon. He's not that player anymore. Can he get back to being that guy? Mm, I wouldn't bet on it, but when you show that type of talent, I guess it's always within you to find it again. There are way, way too many times when you watch Ben Simmons' tenure as a net where he has little to no impact on the game. It's going to get worse going into March and April and into the postseason because they're not going to be able to play him in the games because he wants no part of going to the free throw line. Honestly, guys, it's sad to watch a player who showed as much talent as Simmons did to come back down to a level where he's at now you watch him and you shake your head because he's not looking at the rim. I think this is another case study of there is much more than what meets the eye than what you see in a basketball game. Something is going on there, and you'd hope he's still 25, 26 years old. He's got time to figure it out, but he is not close to the same player 
Uh, and the Nets are going to pay the price for that and making that deal uh, in the next couple years because he's still under contract for two more years after this one. Our pal Nick Ferdell, did you pass along the note to the cameraman to get the thing shoot you down a little bit more? <laughs> because I'm seeing better camera angles on you from sidelines. I, I am. I'm going. I've been going into that studio all the time, and I'm telling them just just keep it chest up, keep that camera up. Uh, I'm I'm doing the best I can not to eat cheeseburgers at 2 a.m. It's amazing what can happen when you do that. Good luck with that. Thank you, sir. Great to see you, man. Thanks for coming on in. We miss you out here. You're doing a hell of a job for ESPN. They're lucky to have you. Maybe we're lucky to get you back someday. I miss you guys, too, and I can't wait to see you in a few more months. Niners Eagles. Got a prediction? It's got to be the Niners. Come on now. There it is. He knows where his bread is. He it's knows where his bread is. the butter. Niners. Get out. Yeah, he's going to do a Philadelphia radio hit tomorrow and be like, let me tell you about these Eagles. These yeah. birds. I love them. Yeah, he's, he's a known hypocrite from way back. Uh-huh. Tell Kate Scott we said hello when you get out there. You got it. There you he is. It. Our man Nick Friedel here on 95.7 The Game. One of the best. Oh, could you ask Nick real quick, how tall is Kyrie really? He's listed at 6'2". There's no chance. He's like 5'10". There you go. Maybe he's got lifts in his Breaking shoes. news. That's huge. 5'10", man. That's a generous, generous media guy going up to 6'2". Thanks so much to our good friend Nick Friedel joining us here on 95.7 The Game in studio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.